Chances are you already know and love today's sponsor, Stack Overflow. They've just introduced a new product called Stack Overflow for Teams. It's basically your team's very own Stack Overflow, a private, secure home for all your team's questions and answers. Instead of writing up guides that sit in stale wikis or trying to sift through old emails to find answers, Stack Overflow for Teams gives you all the power of Stack Overflow. Every question from your team will be indexed and searchable, and they make it easy to export your data at any time. Because it's Stack Overflow, that means team members can get internal recognition for helping others, and of course, it can connect with all your favorite tools, such as Slack, with an easy-to-use API. Check out Stack Overflow for Teams by visiting s.tk slash does not compute. What an awesome URL, s.tk slash does not compute. You'll learn more there and can sign up for your free 14-day trial. Stack Overflow for Teams gives you everything you already love about Stack Overflow in a private, secure environment just for your team. Learn more and sign up today at s.tk slash does not compute. It feels, I feel like I'm out of practice. I feel, yeah, I do too. I think this is the, that was like the first time we've ever missed an episode, right? Like un- unscheduled. Yeah. Oh, I In forgot over about two that. years. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> feels, feels weird, man. Yeah, it does. <sighs> well, but I mean, we've still been talking obviously because we work with each other. Right. So it's not, it's just the podcast missed a week. Yeah. Well, what has happened in that week? Like nothing. <laughs> A whole lot of not software development for me. Yeah. Well, for you, yeah. I've way more software development for me. Yeah, you did. Let's see. You made a blog, a design collection. You know what? I forgot about that even. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking the last two days, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's interesting. So you've been settling into like a product role, which is why you haven't been doing lots of development. Not that you won't be doing development. You're just in a the cycle of designing and building making other things. Yeah. So this week for me was all writing and like planning what kind of stuff we should tackle next with, with regards to like which pages need to be redesigned and starting on designs for those and like actual changes. And, and a big chunk of it was writing and making this, this video. It's like a sales video to stores to help explain to them, you know, what they get when they sign up for design collective. Right, which and none uh, of those things have anything to do with actually <laughs> writing code. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, I mean, the video is going to be huge because that's it's it's so much easier to communicate to stores. I think we could get a lot of random, like not random, but we get a lot of the same questions, which are just like them not understanding things, which is fine because honestly, like we've, we need to work on our marketing side of things a lot. We just haven't had time, so the video is going to be huge. But what what's been really cool and really interesting, but cool to me, is that you've kind of like transitioned to, so like most of the stuff that you've been tackling and most of the stuff you've been thinking about are like product things. A lot of it's coming from like design down and you're like doing a lot of engineering stuff and programming stuff, but it's from the lens of the product needs this or the product needs to be changed in this way. Right. Well, I mean, that kind of, that kind of falls in line with my philosophy, I guess, of, of programming always just being a means to an end. It's just a way to achieve something. And so it's like when when I'm when I'm sitting there and like thinking, okay, which thing do I need to tackle next? Kind of at least for me, naturally, the way that comes out is I say, okay, here's a problem. Here's something that's not working right. Mm-hmm. How do we make it work better? How do we improve that experience for users or for stores or for you know whatever, whoever it affects? Right. And then sometimes that means that a video has to be made. Like in the case of or like Scott came 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 to us with that problem. Right. Uh, 
Scott is like a, he's head of operations. And so he works he works a lot with the stores and, and kind of communicating with them. And so he came to us with this problem and it was like, well, this this seems like a good fit for a video. And it's like, well, I can make a video. <laughs> That's not really what I was hired for, sure. but, it, but it but I can do it. And if it's the if it's the most helpful thing for the business that I can, uh, that I am capable of doing, then it makes sense that I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just cool to kind of like see you slide into that role. And it wasn't like we didn't hire, like we didn't even know we needed a product person, you know, it just kind of like became that, which is amazing because once you started becoming that, it freed me up for a lot of things because like basically my, what I try to do is I try to run interference for you so that way you can be productive. <laughs> So I'm like jumping in front of all the meetings that get shot at you and like <laughs> soaking up the emails and stuff. And, uh, I'm, at, I'm like, I'm using my, I'm using my body as a shield and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so that's what I've been trying to do. But like the other part of it was that I would always get caught up in discussions and meetings about like product related things, which is good. You know, I care about that stuff. Um, I just think that you're better at me than that. And you kind of like naturally slid into that position. And so when you started taking on that stuff, I was like, I have all this time to actually write code now. I have all this time to like be fixing stuff and like add it, like giving my attention to things that have been in the Trello card queue for a while. So on Friday, I think I closed like four different things that Mikey and the other team have been asking me for for months. You were you were busy on Friday. Yeah, my inbox is packed with Trello and GitHub notifications all day. It's hilarious. I'm not sorry about I well, I apologize to you on Friday. I was like, I'm sorry about what's about to happen. But <laughs> it feels no, it feels good. It feels weird. Like I've never been in a position like that where like people kind of just like naturally like slide into roles that work for them. That that like it's, 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 it's really cool to kind of see that happen. And the way like you're, you're like the way you communicate things, it makes the other team un, like makes the other team ex- understand what exactly what you're saying. And sometimes I have trouble getting across details to them, I guess I, maybe I get more tongue tied, more tongue tied. I just did it than you do. <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say like the last two, like the last two weeks have been, have felt really good for me. I felt productive. Like I finished the whole blog. It's not live or anything because there's content needs to be created for it. But I finished that. I closed a bunch of stuff. I refactored some things. I wrote way more tests. It just felt like a really productive week. And I felt like the first actual productive week I've had in a long time. That's awesome. That's all. It's really cool that it's kind of working out in that way because like you said, this, none of this was really planned. Yeah. It's just kind of how it's turned out. And it's just like, and I think that's kind of a a reflection of the design collective team being really focused on just accomplishing things and just getting stuff done and everybody just, just trying to get stuff out the door so we can work on the next thing. And, and however that needs to happen, mm-hmm. be, being flexible in that regard, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's cool. And it's cool that the other, the other coworkers are like, let's do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you pitch them a script and they're like, looks good. Let's go. There wasn't like, hey, what's going on here? Why are you doing this? There's none of that. It's just like, I think everyone understands that, especially the stage that we're at, everyone just has to do everything. You know, Every, everybody's yeah, like jumping in. Yeah, I love this size in. company because of that, because it's it's just like, you don't have a specialist for everything. And so everybody does have to do a bit of generalization. And I don't know, that's, I just like learning new stuff, I guess. Trying new <laughs> things out. I've never made a marketing video before. <laughs> sure. I mean, you're doing a really good job. Uh, if it's if it's done by the time these show notes come out, which I don't know, yeah, I'll link it, it up definitely for will sure. Be. But it's yeah. it's I don't know. It's like it's 
it communicates it really well. And I think it does like it's designed well, it's shot well. The the storyline was thought up like it's it's cohesive. And uh, there are a lot of details that I would not have thought about. Like the the shot, like the idea that we take a source inventory and we automate it out to Google products. And then the fact that we have like a dedicated inventory team. So like if you come on the platform and you have a thousand products, we'll add them for you. Just the idea that you took like illustrated card or like illustrated couches like like ran it under a phone and out out the back came a product card that like blew my mind because I was like <laughs> so anybody if if you haven't watched the video yet which like we said it'll be linked in show notes but there's a, some stop motion segments in it and that's what Sean's talking about there and so yeah like some products go in and go through a phone and come out the other side as right. like little representations of the cards on the website but to a to a the regular person to a store owner that will like that will make so much sense to them because that's what they see. They see data in, or they see like their inventory go in, not just data, but their inventory. And then they see actual like representation of what it looks like on our platform out the other side. Like that's going to be clear as day. I wouldn't have thought to do that. <laughs> well, that scene was actually inspired by something that you're always saying. Uh, it's all just functions. It is just functions, but yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, so if what is what is the function of these products getting added to our store? And that uh, I just made an animation based off of that. So that was really, uh, really your idea at the root. Well, or, uh, I'll, or take, I'll go ahead and take credit for it. Friend, uh, best friend, bestest best friend of the show, Shrockwell. I can't, I can't talk right now. I've had a lot of coffee and not any food, so we're not doing very. Yeah, well I'm today. feeling a little loopy too. I'm on, I'm on East Coast time, which is very abnormal for me, and uh, and I'm in Georgia, which is, which is very hot. It is hot, yeah, very yeah, and wet. It is hot. It's hot and wet. It's kind of like the air is made of uh, post-it note adhesive. It's like. You you found like someone's sock in the dryer at the laundromat, and you just like got in it. You got in the sock. Oh, God, and the sock was still a little bit damp, but it's warm. <laughs> That's what it's like. Mm. Um, mm. But your hair has grown two times in volume. Yep, it's real poofy. It's crazy poofy. Let me think. What else? I bet you like stick to things, uh, mm-hmm. especially your sleeping bag, which I hate. I hate that feeling so much. What else? Um, yeah we're about we're like 40 miles away from athens right now oh no okay athens so i don't i think i'm pretty sure you lived there when we met yep yeah yeah yeah. because i would talk to you actually when i accepted my octopus job offer i (laughs) you could go you i could tell you where i was it was the dunkin donuts in athens you could go sit you could go sit there if you wanted to and like think about that (laughs) You were sitting at the Dunkin' Donuts when you accepted your octopus job offer. That's awesome. Right, because I would go there in the morning for the Wi-Fi and the donuts, obviously. And then I would scoot over to Wendy's, which is really close to the Dunkin' Donuts. And then I would I would hit that uh, Junior Bacon Cheeseburger and Monterey Chicken Sandwich combo. And then I would work in the afternoon. That was my, my circuit in Athens. That sounds uh, healthy and productive. It was neither of them. <laughs> I like at that point while I was 26, I was really just kind of like, I had been doing music for a while since I was 20 and I was just like tired. I was tired of it. I was tired of not having any money. I was tired of like the amount of work because like when you're, when you're in a band and I don't say this to like mean, to mean anyone in, in, in bands that I've played in, but when you're in a band, like there's usually one or two people that do all the work. And for for our band, that was me and my brother. And I was just tired of doing all the work all the time. 
in a sense. I mean, I think that, that's a common thing, yeah. I, not just in bands you've been in. I'm sure, like you, you always hear about the the two creative front runners of a famous band or whatever. Sure, it's like uh, Len, Lennon McCartney, for example. Yeah, I mean, like I wrote a lot of the music, but there was like I did all the logistical, like I did, I, I did everything else, like I did all of the marketing, I did all of the design, I did all of the development for our website and all that stuff. I did all of the. What's well, rough because at that size, it's not like you can afford to bring people on to do all that stuff, but it still has to happen if you ever want to have a chance of growing. So it's, yeah. that's that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, and you're just linking down to the Wendy's to get a Junior Bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's what Athens reminds me of, uh, is, mm-hmm. is that. But I'm sure there's some cool stuff about it. I just never experienced it. I mean, there's a cool, there's some cool venues there. Uh, I used to play the 40 watt, which has like there's a lot of historical value or not value, but a lot of stuff like Kurt Cobain signatures on the wall there in the 40 watt. In the back, there's like a, a room that just has signatures from floor to ceiling. Uh, I love stuff like that. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah, it was cool. There was there's a lot of signatures back there, so it was cool. Like to be in that area for a little bit, but I think I was just tired. I was run down at that point. Um, I was sick of the hot, like you're saying, the heat. <laughs> just tired of it all. But yeah, that, not to be not to be a, a downer. Um, oh, I don't think that's being a downer at all. Like, I mean, that that was something that you, I don't think you have regrets from that, from from like doing that, do you? No, not really. Not like, really. It's, it's a good thing to have done, a good thing to have experienced. And I don't know. I think it's important to have that sort of introspection, like really look at what you're doing with your with your day to day life and your job and your career, and if you're actually happy with that or not. Yeah. What's What's crazy is that I mean, one of the coolest things about being in a band is meeting a lot of people and making friends. And obviously, a lot of those friendships aren't really friendships; they're just like acquaintances. But some of them did turn into friendships. And so, uh, right before I, we started recording the show, I was actually pair programming with my friend Drew, who I met through music. We used to play shows together because he played in a band as well. He also did a bunch of my tattoos. And he ended up going down a graphic design career path, and now he's interested in development. And so he's been working on learning how to program, and we were pairing together, which I would have, like, back then, I would have never thought that him and I would still be friends. And Because back then, we weren't even really, we are more acquaintances. We didn't, like, hang out. We just, like, when we are at the venues together, we would see each other, you know, and then... I paid him money and he tattooed me a couple of times. <laughs> Actually, he only tattooed me twice, but it covered most of my arm uh, those times. And um, now we're like pair programming and actual friends. We play, hang out, play video games together, program together. You know, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So I think that's like the coolest thing about it was I met a lot of people. I got to know a lot of different types of people. I got to see a lot of different types of places and I got to... um I think more than anything, and this kind of comes back to software development too, because I think you learn the most about yourself when you're in situations that are difficult and when you're in situations that are less than less than perfect. And oh, yeah. I think you learn it's kind of like increased, especially when you're tired and when you're hungry. That's when the real you comes out. You know, you want to get to know someone, keep them up all night and talk to them the next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, th- this is this is kind of an old like a, a Merlin manism. I um I'm pretty sure it's a Merlin man thing, but it's like what do you what do you want 10 times more of? And it's and I think it's important to sit and actually ask yourself that question about your life and your career from time to time. And it's like what which parts of this do I actually want 10 times more of? Which parts of this do I maybe not so much? Yeah. Um, and, and then make decisions based on that, because if you stick in a career, if you stick in, in a path, whatever that path is, um, you, you're only going to get more and more of the good and the bad from that thing. 
Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. But that's like more than anything, I think it was good because I learned about myself uh, really quickly. And I learned a lot about myself, what like the things that I didn't like and the things I wanted to change. And it gave me opportunities to work on it. And I think more than anything, being a road manager and managing individuals taught me. <laughs> uh, I learned a lot about people, but that taught me uh, more about myself than anything. Like the feelings that you have, like maybe the most important lesson I learned was how to control my feelings and how to control my responses to things. Yeah, this is really weird for a development podcast, but <laughs> but I think that's that's something I've been thinking about too lately is like, if something is annoying you, the the common response is to say, this thing is annoying. And really, that thing isn't necessarily inherently annoying. You are being annoyed. Yes. And that is actually that is actually a choice. That is not the thing isn't necessarily annoying. Right. Maybe it is annoyed you. Maybe you find it annoying, but somebody else might not find it annoying. And you finding it annoying is just you deciding that on some level, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And you finding something annoying doesn't mean that everyone, like you said, everyone else feels the same way or that they should do something about it. Uh, mm -hmm. One of mm -hmm. the most interesting. So I played for a lot of people when I was doing contracting and I tried to take something positive from each of them. And one, one thing that I learned, I thought was, this was really interesting. It like hit me like a ton of bricks when he said it to me. Um, but I, I was real mad at somebody because I'm an early morning person and I don't, I don't know what it's like to not just be able to wake up in the morning and be wide awake. And um, I would get really, yeah, me neither. <laughs> I would get really no, mad I at people that couldn't like wake up to an alarm clock. I just, they would, it would make me very upset. I was, if I would say, cause I had meetings with everyone. I'd be like, all right, we got to leave tomorrow at four in the morning. What time do you have to be on the bus? They'd say four. And I'd say, what time are you setting your alarm for? And they say four o'clock. And I would say, no, three thirty. <laughs> every, oh, every man. day it was like this every day. no, 3.30. I mean, the chimes would change, obviously, but, um, oh, one of the, I'll, I'll tell this story. One of the, like, you know me and maybe people that listen to the show by now know that I'm pretty calm and I don't get worked up and I don't like raise my voice, but there have been a few times in my life where I have lost my cool. And one of them was in West Virginia, actually. So if you've ever been to West Virginia, uh, a lot of places self cell service can be not great depending on your carrier. And uh, so we were staying, like we had rented, they're like these, not really hotels, but they're like mini cabins because like in Vermont, or not Vermont, in, in, in West Virginia, there's not a lot of room in certain places. So there's not like big hotels and stuff unless you're in one of the bigger cities there. And so I dropped them off at these little cabins and I said, all right, I'm going to be back at this time. You need to be ready because we have a long drive. We don't have much time and we got to drive around and pick everyone up. I was like, please be ready at this time. <laughs> Oh God! I show up to the cabin, bang on the door. No one's awake. No one's outside. No one's luggage is outside. Uh, so I go up and knock on the door, and uh, one of the girls, one of the, there was two girls staying in this cabin. One of the girls comes out, and she didn't. She knew I was gonna be mad, so she didn't really say much to me. She just like got her luggage onto the bus and like got in, and so I'm waiting. It's like 15 minutes. And she comes out and her hair's wet. And I looked at her and uh, I was so mad because I knew that she had taken a shower. 
and I was like, sure. she, if you're going to take a shower, you should have gotten up. The shower wasn't this issue. It was the timing. So I was like, did you take, are you, do you take a shower? And she's like, nah. Oh God. <laughs> I was like, what time did I tell you that you needed to be ready? And she said, and I was like, and what time is it now? And she said the time. And I was like, and you don't see the problem here. And she's like, I needed to get ready. And I was like, and you're telling me you didn't take a shower. And she's like, you know, her hair's like damp. <laughs> so she's just lying to my face and I lost it on a, I yelled at her. Yeah, I, don't, I felt bad at it. I felt bad afterwards, but I was very mad. Anyway, um, it's things like that that teach you, you know, a lesson, teach you how to like respond to things. And that story still makes me mad sometimes when I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time even picturing you like, like visibly angry in that way. Yeah. Because I mean, I've, I've never, uh, I mean, we've been around each other in some pretty uh, like emotionally fraught or tense situations. Sure. And, and like you, you are you are extremely even keeled, and so that's that's a that's an interesting thing to picture. I w- yeah, like I'm not an animated person at all. No, no um, far from yeah. it. Yeah, and so I was like, I was very mad, and yeah, it was it was yeah, it was it was, it was a whole thing. But now it's a now it's a vivid memory for you. Now it's a thing that you remember and that you you think about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lesson from that, and so. It all comes back. I mean, like you say, it's weird for like maybe a development podcast, but it's not really because there's a whole other side of like managing people and working with other people. And sometimes programmers get a bad rap for not being the most socially um, adapted individuals. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and uh, that's, I mean, that's not true. But, you know, working with other people is important. How you talk to other people is important. How you handle situations, how you respond to situations is important. And, I don't know. It's 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 weird because if I wouldn't have put myself in those situations, I wouldn't have learned to be calm about things and 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 level headed about things in in different different situations. But I mean, I was I was um, I have a membership to O'Reilly Safari Book Club, and they have a lot of conference talks on there. And I was watching one, and they were actually talking about that. They're talking about um, how important communication skills are and how important. Uh, soft skills are the the people skills how important that is almost more important especially if you're working in a company because you can be an amazing developer but if you can't communicate that's a big problem well and i think regardless of how important those skills are in the current position you're in this again comes back to look at what do you want 10 times more of a lot of software developers eventually do want to move into like more management roles where those skills become increasingly important um regardless of the company uh so i i really just think that I don't know. Just be just being aware of that stuff is is important, kind of regardless of whether or not it's important for your job. It's going to help you in in various areas of your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe one thing that I try to do, and I think this helps me a lot in controlling my temper or, or you know handling situations a certain way, is I look at the other person if I'm at odds with them. And I had to do this a lot when I was in a band. Like I'll tell you, like being in a band is being married to f- five people at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I it's it's difficult. And um what what I learned to do and what what's what's really okay, I'll start with this. It's really easy if you're mad at somebody to dehumanize that person and make them an yeah. make them into an object. And then then you don't like it's okay to be mad at someone, then it's okay to call names, it's okay to hurt somebody because they're not a person to you at that point. And one thing that I really strive to do is that everyone if i'm if i'm like struggling with somebody if i'm having an argument i just try to think about them as a person i think like this person standing in front of me is a human being like me they have dreams like me they have aspirations like me they have feelings like me they're just maybe 
different feelings or different thoughts. You know, it's it's a human being in front of me. And that has disarmed a lot of situations where I could have responded negatively, but I didn't because it's 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 empathy, it's compassion, you know, it's it's it, it helps it also helps me like try to see things from that person's viewpoint, even though I don't agree with what they're saying or I don't agree with how they formulated an opinion. I try to understand it. If that makes sense. Right. If you can understand at least in some in some way how they got there, then it makes it a lot easier to I don't I, I even this kind of goes back to uh, it's like uh, Socratic questioning um where asking someone about more about their about why they believe something or why they think something should be done a certain way or whatever that is just asking them and like trying to actually get to that root cause is something mm-hmm. that I find very helpful. Yeah. Um, and, and really in order to even get yourself into the mindset where you can ask those questions, well, you, you have to, you have to think about the person, the other person as a person and not as an argument because the person isn't the argument. The person is a person, like you said, with, with all the same person things that you have. (laughs) Yeah. And, and really what you take issue with is what they're saying, what their argument is. And it can be very, very hard to, to keep focus of that. Yeah, it is, especially when you're when you have like very strong personal feelings about something. It's really difficult. But I think on all of the traveling and all of the stuff that I did, that was maybe the most important thing I learned was to see people like people. And we, I guess that's like a theme that we can keep coming back to. Like we think about the people on the other side of the code that we write, the other side of the interfaces that we design. Um, try to try to make them the focus. You know, trying to make them the most important thing and that helps helps a lot. It helps in my work ethic. It helps in my my drive to do things well. It helps in my drive to make sure I'm writing tests for everything, you know? For example, uh, one of the things I did on Friday was I implemented a feature that uh, our team has been asking for for a while. And I could have just gone through and like, it was simple enough. I could have just gone through and did it. But I made sure that I wrote tests for the controller. I made sure that I wrote tests for the the context functions, the API functions. I made sure that I unit tested everything. You know, I made sure to like really cover all my bases because I wanted to make sure that this worked for them. I didn't, I wasn't doing it because I didn't want to get an email at some point and feel bad because I got a bug report. I got it because I want this to work so they can do their job better. Yeah, absolutely. Although the not getting email is a pretty nice bonus on top <laughs> yeah, of that. Like yeah. it's not, you're not complaining about that sure, part, certainly. Sure, yeah. Certainly not. I haven't gotten an email all weekend about it, in fact, which is great. <laughs> so I think in general, in the last few weeks, the platform is really, I don't, I mean, we have more people, like our traffic is growing, but we've been getting less and less stack traces. It's a good feeling. For the most part, yeah, I think so. It 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 does kind of feel like things are, are stabilizing and getting a little bit better. And I think that is a direct result of a lot of the changes that we've made in not just the code base, but also how we're approaching the code base, our philosophy around it. Over the yeah. last couple months, I think too. I mean, again, like having you, having you more focused. I mean, we haven't like come out and said like, "Oh, you're the product person now." It's just like, right. you know, you're just doing the thing. And it, what's interesting is that, like, like I said, I feel like I have so much more brain power freed up. Not that I'm not thinking about product stuff, but I feel like it's okay for now for me to apply uh, my energy in different areas. So, like for example, today this morning on my swipeies, actually, I love these things. Um, plug for the swipeies. Um, I have two full pages of just notes on software design patterns. So I was watching, I'm going through a course on the Safari thing on, uh, software architecture and design patterns. And one thing that I've kind of like strayed away from is like enterprise stuff in the past. I've always seen enterprises like this is bad Java, you, you know, stuff like that. And 
and what I'm finding is that a lot of there's a lot of things I need to learn from that world. And so I'm not like saying I'm going to become a Java programmer, but they have a lot of experience and insight that I don't have. Like this guy that's giving like giving this lesson has worked. Uh, I don't remember what the project was called, but it was for like the U.S. government working on a system that's used uh, in the in the Treasury Department. So it, it's like handling money and a lot of it. You know, so I was like, maybe I should mm-hmm. learn something from him. <laughs> right. Well, and and I think that's I think that's really important for all software developers is always be always be open to other philosophies, other techniques, because even if you don't want to you don't want to become a Java programmer or don't want to become a whatever programmer, there, there's almost always something that you can take back to the languages and tool sets that you do like. Like there these these ecosystems are are very successful and have a lot of smart people working in them. And there is something that you can take from those people. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, and the cool thing is that um, it, it feels like it's weird because like I'm a self-taught programmer, right? And so people go to school, they get like book learnings. And that's good. Uh, they, they learn the terms, they learn the technical technology, like terminologies. And that's what I'm trying to get now. Um, but they, they were saying this stuff that made so much sense to me. So, one of the guys said the 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 world's best architectures aren't the perfect ones, but the the feasible ones. And so that's what he was talking about. He was he designed this beautiful system. He said it was his best work ever. Didn't get implemented because it was too expensive. Right, and I mean this this is a similar thing to how JavaScript has taken over the world. There's so many flaws and so many problems with JavaScript. Although although of course recent versions have improved significantly in many areas. Mm-hmm. But for a very long time, JavaScript really was not very good, but it took over the world because it was everywhere, because it, was, it could run on just about any device hassle-free. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting because I, I maybe I'm, like, I'm pushing into uh, something like things that I've wanted to learn for a long time, but really haven't like, maybe had the experience to be able to push myself to that new level or have, like, especially lately in the last year, I haven't had time. I just didn't have time. So like design patterns are something I've wanted to do for a long time because especially in Elixir, like Rails, like there are patterns you need to learn, but it's, you know, the structure is there. But with, with Elixir, our, our app isn't like a framework app. It's, it's all Elixir and we just use Phoenix to pipe the data out to the user. Most of it's just plain Elixir modules. And so... Right. The vast majority of it just lives under under DK, yeah, not yeah. under DK Web, the Phoenix part. And so it gives you a long rope and I've made some good decisions and I've made some bad decisions. And so now what I'm doing is trying to educate myself on how I can make better decisions. And I think the best way to do that right now is learning some, some traditional design patterns because that will allow me to see a problem that we're having and apply a, a, a pre, pre-built... Uh, answer to that problem, you know? And so that way I'm like, oh, th- that pattern, you know, this pattern might fit this really well. And that gives me a blueprint to follow. It saves me time. Um, it, it it allows me to communicate to other people. If I say XX pattern, someone can look up that pattern and know exactly what's going on. Right. Or even if you don't use a pattern precisely following it, you you can still take ideas from exactly. it. You can, take, you can say like, oh, I really like this thing from pattern X and I really like this thing from pattern Y and here's how I can combine them. Or, I... I, I I do think that that just having kind of that knowledge itself is a tool, even if you don't use them directly, just be, because it's you're just aware of more shapes. Yeah, I think that's where, and I I think that's where my my biggest weakness is right now is knowledge in that realm, practical experience. Like I'm pretty familiar with Elixir, I think. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with XUnit and Phoenix and all that stuff, 
now I'm I'm learning patterns and concepts and ways to solve problems that I will have like that I know I will have in the future. I'm trying to learn a different side of software development, I guess, because being soft, self-taught, it's it's all it's usually just googling Stack Overflow and kind of solving problems as they come. And and now I'm trying to zoom out a level and get a broader picture in a sense. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that really does make sense. And like and like you said, you know there there have been some mistakes made in the code base for Design Collective, the Elixir <laughs> code base, and there have been some successes. And and now I think we're in over the last over the last couple months, we have gotten things kind of wrangled in in several cases at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really, really love language plug about Elixir <laughs> is how easy it is to do these sorts of refactors, how, how feasible it is because everything isn't all tied into our web code. Everything is separated out already. We can just, we can pick and choose and target very precisely what kind of stuff needs to be changed and rearranged. And that's, it's not like a, a Herculean kind of task. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. It was funny because I was watching those courses, like you read some and you watch some videos and I was taking notes and these guys that were giving the courses, I'll put their names in the show notes. They're, they were like programming in like the 90s, 80s and 90s. And so they were talking about some stuff they were doing back then. And I was like, man, that sounds a lot like kind of what Rails was built on top of. And they were talking, specifically, they were talking about like a layered architecture approach where... um you have like a presentational layer and you have a, a business layer, then you have persistence layer and then you have your DB layer and the layers are locked. So like your DB layer would never go to your straight to the business logic layer. Uh, and they're saying, they're basically just like outlining that and talking about it. And I was like, that sounds a lot like how design collective is built. There's a persistence, which is Ecto. There's presentation, which is Phoenix. There's a business logic, which is just our, is just our Elixir modules, the DK namespace. I was like, this mm-hmm. sounds a lot like, a layered architecture approach. It's like, huh? So that's what we're building. I just didn't know what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a weird feeling. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Like when things click like that. Like, oh, that's what I'm doing. So maybe that's what I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to like quantify things that I've been learning. Okay, so maybe maybe a good way to put it is this for musicians. For years, I was like learning the little pieces of scales and learning little pieces of chords. And it got me got me by for so long. And then I met a guy who was, I just thought he was a really good player. I liked his style a lot. I approached him. I was like, hey, can you give me lessons? And he said, yeah. And so I was, he was like, what do you know? On our first lesson. And I kind of was like, all right, well, this is how I do this. And this is what I figured out here. And this is, this is how I build these scales. And he looked at me. He was like, oh, you're, you know, you're pretty much just stumbling upon the cage system. And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, the case system. He pulls out a piece of paper that summarized everything I just told him. It summarized 10 years of guitar learning in one diagram. I was, I was, I didn't know what to say to him because I was like, are you, this has existed this whole time? You mean to tell me <laughs> this has existed this whole time? And he's like, yeah, it's called the cage system. And here's how you can expand upon it. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and hopefully that's, that's exactly what you'll get from learning these sorts of design patterns. It's like all, all of this stuff that you've kind of intuited over the years finally seen the cheat sheets for it i guess yeah that's yeah that's that's maybe what i'm trying to say is just trying to figure out like maybe by them explaining something something will click and it'll just make me a better programmer it'll make me i think especially being a cto these are the things i need to know these are things i need to learn because eventually there'll be more programmers and i won't be zoomed so far into the code but i'll need to know more of the big picture things i'll need to know more of the design things i'll need to know more of the management kind of things hmm 
Sounds like a big job, man. Uh, yeah. Someone's got to do it. Thanks again to Stack Overflow for supporting Does Not Compute. They've just released a new tool called Stack Overflow for Teams. It does what it says on the tin, gives your team a private, secure home for all their questions and answers. Stack Overflow for Teams gives you what you already love about Stack Overflow. It's got great built-in, searching, tagging, data export, API tools, and more. Head to s.tk slash does not compute to learn more and sign up for your free 14-day trial. No more sifting through stale wikis or old emails to find answers. Just check Stack Overflow for Teams. (laughs) 